This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Missouri Meerschaum, the Scandinavian Tobacco Group, Lane Limited, and the CountrySquireOnline.com. We thank them for their support of this show, and we thank you for supporting them. Country Squire Radio. Welcome to Country Squire Radio. I'm Bo. And I'm John David. Hey, Bo. Good evening, dude. Man, good evening to you, sir. How you doing tonight? You know, I'm, I'm doing well. We're uh, just having some uh, fun pre-show banter here. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> as we like to do. Enjoying ourselves. And, uh, man, excited about a good show tonight. Been smoking my pipe a bunch today because it's been rainy and kind of slow in the shop. Dude. And so, uh, man, I just... You know, what else is there to do in an old, old-fashioned pipe shop except uh, just constantly puff on your pipe? Hey, man. It's been great. It's a good day for it. Of course, <laughs> we're coming off of a uh, a monumental uh, week. That's or, right. Or, I suppose, weekend. Hashtag uh, 220, baby. February 20th. That's right, man. It's Inter- not 420. It's 220. International Pipe Smoking Day. That's exactly right. And, uh, you know, after after you know putting it out there that we, we were probably not going to do anything, in true form, we really didn't do anything. We, I mean, we didn't. We knew we would talk about it. I personally celebrated International Pipe Smoking Day. Oh, did you really? Uh, I, I did by uh, working in my yard uh, all day uh, with my Kamoi uh, that I, I've dated. If I can date this, it's gotten, I've gotten closest to like the early 80s. It's an older Kamoi. But um, man, it just smokes like a champ and it's my yard pipe. It's one of those pipes that mm. everything in my house that I've either built or fixed, I've done while smoking this pipe. Uh, with some type of Virginia tobacco, and uh, this weekend was uh, Christmas Cheer 2014. Oh, and, uh, yeah, and and it was great. I I just spent all day with my Kamoi, and it was uh it was fantastic. It ministered to my spirit. I, I'd love to hear that, man. <laughs> yeah, man. I spent uh, I spent the day up here at the shop. Uh, we actually this was really great. We actually did a periscope from the shop, uh, and uh, it was it, I say we it was me and actually Timothy. We 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 did, kind of did it. Was Tim, yeah, because Timothy was here. Great. Yeah, so that's I, good. Man, I had a great day with Timothy. Actually, we hung out a little bit and uh, and enjoyed some would pipes. It, would expect nothing different. Yeah, of course, man. It was it was fun. We had uh, thanks to everybody who was able to kind of log in uh, briefly for the Periscope we did. I know I had promised to do another one, and unfortunately, my buddy who I'd been waiting for to smoke Penzance was caught in the internet desert, and uh, and unfortunately, I. I never got a chance to smoke my Penzance. Ah, uh, the old internet desert. <laughs> Man, it'll get you. Hey, have you time. had it before? Pen, I've not had it. You yeah. know, we, we've, I've got a bit that was a gift from someone who asked for a man nameless. And, uh, and I've been, I've been hanging on to oh, it. Oh, yeah, that guy. Yes. Yeah. I've been hanging on to it, waiting for the perfect time. I thought surely International Pipe Smoking Day would have been the great time to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking now I've moved it to my birthday. Okay. Um, which okay. is, is going to be a big day this year. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'll have to smoke it then. I'll tell you what I was smoking. Though. Yeah. All right, this was the first time I'd ever legitimately tried to blend tobacco myself. What did you do? So I came up here. I'm man. almost scared. No, well, you, <laughs> you should be. You should be. So, you know, we, last week we we had this uh, three, you know, top uh, top three cherry tobacco discussion. Yeah, yeah. Which right. Was a great discussion. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And, uh, and you know, it, it we, we had this this kind of joke about the Jar Jar Binks and the cherry tobacco. And, uh, and you know, I believe it was Mark VV who even coined the phrase uh, Binks blood. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to hashtag Binks blood. I'm going to see if I can like make this. See, see if you could get it to become even more of a thing. Well, you know, than it already wasn't. I, I just, <laughs> I just, I thought, it, you it know, could be. what if you just made a really like aggressive, like cherry tobacco? Right. And, uh, and so I, I came up here and it, you know, as I was mixing it, uh, Timothy looked at me and says, are you going to be one of these people? <laughs> who mixes their first ever tobacco and no matter how terrible it is, think it's going to be just God's gift to the tobacco world. Yeah. And I said, 
Absolutely. Absolutely, I am. <laughs> what, 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 who do you think I am? Someone other than Bo York? I of mean, course. It's going to be God's gift to the tobacco world. It was terrible. It's going to be fantastic. It was awful. <laughs> I mean, it was just absolutely. I, I, I won't get into my uh, you know, uh, secret recipe that I came up with. But it was uh, it was just a bunch of different cherry uh, cherry blends, and then also uh, you know a lot of heavy Latakia. And I don't know if you know this oh, or that's, not. Wow, Latakia wow. and cherry, they do not mix. They just they're not really fond of each no, other. No, 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 no. Yeah. But uh, I did uh, the second time around. Actually, uh, <laughs> hit it with a good bit of burley, as you like to say, the tobacconist's best friend. That's right. And it made right. it very smokable. Oh, I feel like I've taught you so well. Really, it's right? wonderful. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Well done. I'm, I, I'm, I'm. So maybe now I'm the apprentice. <laughs> <laughs> Timothy's graduated, and you've actually kind of been demoted. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, there you go. And, uh, <laughs> not demoted. Not demoted. Right. If right. anything, I was nothing. You've, you've taken on a new. You've taken on a new. A new uh, occupation. I'll here. take it. Right. I'll take it. Look, I, I I gave it a go, and it didn't. Uh, it didn't turn out well. But I did. Uh, I did smoke that terrible tobacco all morning. <laughs> That's pretty great. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. We've got a lot of feedback on different cherry blends, and we had a lot of folks say, you know, I don't like cherry blends, except. Mm. for this or except for that or you know it's like well i really don't like cherry blends but if i was gonna smoke one this would be the one and uh you know it's just kind of neat everyone's kind of got their own take on a cherry blend but they're you know again as we talked about last week there's that uh no no other pipe tobacco out there that you really get the sense in which like that's what an old man pipe tobacco <laughs> smells like right. is, a, is a good cherry blend you know what i mean and um, and so anyway, I, and I think, you know, let's pay honor to the cherry blend. Like that's, that's what get a lot, gets a lot of the new pipe smokers into the door is, uh, is the cherry blend. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, we're very thankful for it. Hey, one last thing about international pipe smoking day before we move on yeah. is, uh, we got a lot of great pictures in, uh, people were, uh, tweeting in saying that they were smoking this or doing that. We got some people playing chess, smoking their pipes, some people out on the porch smoking pipes. A lot of y'all representing on international pipes, uh, pipe smoke a day. And, uh, we were definitely sure to, to retweet out and, and do that. So really, uh, really, really glad to see that kind of participation from the community as a whole. So the Peterson event that also occurred. We had a great time. Our friend Vince Jones from, uh, Ashton, who, uh, if you're unfamiliar, Ashton, uh, cigars uh, also distributes Peterson pipes and tobaccos for the United States. And uh, Vince came down, great guy, really good friend of our shop, comes through uh, very often, but um, just put on a fantastic Peterson pipe tobacco show. We had every pipe tobacco from Peterson and Ashton uh, at the event for sample and for purchase. And so, uh, uh, you know, everyone tried a lot of those, probably had close to 25 people here. It was a great crowd and a uh, whole, you know, place was just full of smoke. I tried yeah. some Peterson tobaccos I hadn't tried before. Uh, big fan of the Irish oak from Peterson. It's a Virginia Perique. It's got a little uh, unflavored Cavendish in there. Uh, it's kind of a, if I could compare it to something, it's like maybe our Pirate's Alley, but a little more full-bodied kind of huh. thing, kind of kind of spicy. Uh, really nice, really nice. Sherlock Holmes tobacco is always really good. Uh, Irish Flake. Uh, we sold quite a bit of the Artisan Blend from Ashton, which is always a, a good seller here in the house. So, uh, and, and sold a couple of uh, the Peterson uh, 2016 St. Paddy's Day pipes as well. Yeah, those uh, are beautiful pipes. Th- they're really pretty. We have a couple left. Uh, they're not available on our website. You have to call us, but uh, we have two left. And uh, give us a shout if you're interested in those. But uh, really pretty pipes. And uh, yeah, had a great time. It was just a lot of fun. Good uh uh, lots of lots of strong drink and uh, strong conversation <laughs> and, and smoking as it, as it, uh, as is tradition here at the uh, the country squire. That's awesome, man. <laughs> uh, I wish I could have made it. It sounds like it was a blast. Mm-hmm. All right, well, we got a blast of a topic coming up in our pipe culture series. Of course, yeah. 
you know, we, we from time to time take, like to take a look at pipe culture, the, the culture that surrounds the pipe. Uh, we've talked about origins. We've talked about some different things in terms of, uh, you know, what are kind of the connected tissue that many pipe smokers share and, right. and, and to what they're doing while they're enjoying their pipe or maybe what uh, is, is kind of a reason why they like to go to the pipe in the first place. But yeah. we have a topic coming up actually next week, okay, uh, which we're really excited to talk about, which is hipsters. Man, it, it like... Bring out, bring out the big guns. Let's let's bring out some something that everyone has an opinion on. Oh yeah, or, or at least a good joke. <laughs> hey, Bo, did I, did did you hear the one about how much does a hipster weigh? How much does a hipster weigh? Uh, it depends on how many Instagrams or something like that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wow. All right. So here's what we want you to do. <laughs> Write in with your thoughts on hipster culture and how that either does, doesn't, whatever your thoughts are in terms of how it plays into uh, pipe culture. We'd love to get those in. Send it in CSR at potisteri.com. We'll be reading off your thoughts, your comments from Facebook, Twitter, your emails. We'll also post something up to the uh, the Reddit page, the R Pipe Tobacco yeah. uh, group as well. We love getting feedback there. So yeah. uh, looking forward to uh, sharing those thoughts with you next week. But this week, we're actually looking at a hero of the bowl. Hero of the bowl? We haven't done this in a while, have we, Bo? Man, it, it has been a minute. And yeah. I, it's, it's something that I think that a lot of people really enjoy because what we do with Heroes of the Bowl historically is typically we take one uh, individual from fiction and one individual from history and we kind of discuss uh, them as pipe smokers. Yeah. And, uh, and also, you know, the impact that they have to the world around them. Yeah. Uh, today, we're actually talking about somebody who has walked essentially in both Worlds. Yeah, we're kind of combining the two. Yeah, Yeah. it's a historic pipe smoker who is responsible for some of the greatest works of fiction. Yeah. Uh, I'll go ahead and say it of all time. Yeah. I mean, particularly the 20th century, this is a person that, uh, you know, as a, as a short storyteller, a a poet, even a playwright, but, uh, you know, that, that, you know, essayist and short storyist, uh, we're all familiar, particularly from our youth. And, uh, we're talking this week about, uh, A.A. Milne. Yeah. A.A. Allen Alexander Milne. Now, you probably, if you're like me anyway, you know him best from his works on Winnie the Pooh. That's right. And, uh, you know, so I, I don't know about you. Did you, did you grow up with Winnie the Pooh? Oh, I grew up with the Pooh. <laughs> I grew, I grew, I grew up with lots you went of poo. There. Uh, I, I, I did. Lot, 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 lots of poo in the coal household. Uh, no, yeah, of course, grew up with Winnie the Pooh. Um, you know, he's just such a, uh, kind of omnipresent character in American, you know, childhood or, or any kind of Western, uh, Anglo sphere, you know, childhood, you know, upbringing. You've always got that, uh, sense of, uh, you know, what's going on in, you know, in, in, in his corner. And so, um, yeah, yeah, I was very, very present with him as a kid. That's interesting. Winnie the Pooh and, and just kind of the, uh, the series of books and then also films that go around that. Mm-hmm. I, I personally always associate with my grandmother. Yeah. Uh, cause when I was growing up, we used to go to my grandparents' house. And uh, my grandfather would either read from Winnie the Pooh or we'd watch the movies. And the voice of Winnie the Pooh, like the, the original voice, kind of sounded like my grandmother. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, there was just this, ooh, <laughs> I can't, I, oh, bother. I can't, I can't quite do it. And I, I feel like I just I think you should try again. No, right. No, no, no. <laughs> that was a bad. You, you, you offended your grandmother. You offended British people. You offended bears. Like, <laughs> you offended people that love honey. Yeah, right. it's, 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 all, it's all a sham. No, man. But look, Winnie the Pooh, obviously a, a great work. Got some, some great things to kind of point out about it. But first and foremost, we're talking about him because he is a pipe smoker. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Alexander, Alan Alexander Mill, uh, of course, this was an individual. He was born in 1882. Uh, had a had an extensive career uh, in you know literature and um, and in storytelling before Winnie the Pooh. Uh, this you know it kind of as Winnie the Pooh stuff came along. Uh, you know more into the 20th century, but you know all of his previous work was 
overshadowed by that success with Winnie the Pooh. Uh, it was just such a, you know, such a um, prolific thing that just kind of took off with the imagination of children. And it seems to be the case in too. Great Britain. Yeah, he, he of course served in World War One and World War Two. Became kind of a pacifist there in the interim between the two wars, which is kind of interesting. And then uh, during World War Two, there was uh, you know some things that he did to kind of help pacifism, but then also, uh, you know, the pro-allied British side, which uh, was kind of an interesting uh, tension that he held there. But um, yeah, he, 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 he was a, he was a avid pipe smoker. It's funny though, because he, he very much was a pipe smoker and not a pipe snob. It's kind of fascinating that <laughs> there's not a whole lot of information out there on uh, you know, Milne and, and what he smoked as far as his, to, you know, preferred tobacco and preferred pipe. Uh, if you look at, there, there's lots of photos of him smoking his pipe online and you'll notice, uh, you know, most of them are going to be straight pipes. He, uh, billiards, there's a, uh, a, a few pictures with him with a, just a real substantial Levat shaped pipe, typically smooth finishes that, uh, just sort of look real stately and, you know, what you would think of from the early 20th century. But, um, but not a lot of information on what Milne smoked and kind of his, preferences on pipes and this and that uh there's a the 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 one main thing that if you've kind of hunted any of this down online before uh from Milne is this really really great uh short essay that he wrote called uh smoking as a fine art and uh and and it's a it's a witty read i mean this is something that you would think of would come from a uh, early 20th century british writer you know you think of these giants like lewis and tolkien that uh, just had this real witty and kind of disarming way of talking mm-hmm. about, you know, uh, you know, topics that, you know, whether big or small topics, they're just kind of, uh, have a, have an interesting way of weaving it into something humorous. And, and Milne, uh, takes this entire, uh, you know, essay and he kind of talks about, uh, you know, the, the joys of learning how to become a smoker, but then also being overwhelmed by all the people around him that, uh, you know, you, you could almost call them the hipsters of his day, right, kind of like, right. you know, are adopting this as a uh, rite of passage and a, uh, you know, something you do as a status symbol and, oh, well, I want to look different and be unique. And so I'm going to, you know, bring on this pipe. And, and, and he's and he's really contrasting himself and he calls them the, his his old school of pipe smokers that, uh, you know, uh, actually smoke a pipe because they smoke a pipe. Right. right. Uh, r- rather than uh, smoking a pipe so they can look at, uh, he, he says over and over the uh, lovely wife white spot on the pipe, uh, obviously referring to Dunhill, so, yeah, wow. uh, which in his honor uh, tonight, I'm actually with my hair in a hipster man bun uh, and, <laughs> and smoking uh, my my Dunhill pipe with my uh, with my white spot here tonight. So, uh, there you go. Uh, so, so A.A. Milne could be fu- making fun of me uh, as, as we're I'd as like we're to think that he is active. Yeah, in, in spirit, he, he's still doing <laughs> that. Uh, he, he goes on, though, to talk a lot about... Um, Kind of that contrast, uh, I'll just read a few lines from this article. Again, Smoking is a Fine Art by A.A. A. Milne. Only a British author could could start something with a line like this, quote, uh, My first introduction to Lady Nicotine was at the <laughs> innocent age of eight. And he goes on to talk about when he finds some unlight, you know, chewing tobacco uh, laying around that he puts in his mouth and just starts uh, starts gnawing on. Um, but, you know, he goes on to Cambridge and talks about apparently there's some uh, sophisticated pipe shop in that area at Cambridge. And, uh, of course, all the prepsters that go there are, you know, really excited and, of course, want to look sophisticated and, you know, be uh, identified with, uh, 
you know, manhood and all these things. And so, um, you know, they've all selected uh, each one has a uh, tobacco specially blended according to the color of his hair, his taste in reviews and the locality in which he lives uh, and just goes on and on about kind of the the snobbery of that. Uh, <laughs> probably my favorite quote from this is uh, a pipe in the mouth makes it clear that there has been no mistake. You are undoubtedly a man. And so <laughs> hey, uh, he just go. goes on and on about that. But uh, it's pretty pretty great. And I would definitely look it up if you get a chance. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. We'll even post that specifically to the uh, to the Facebook page especially. But, yeah. you know, the, the witty nature of, of how he kind of depicts things is great. If you even think back, and I'm, I'm having you kind of close your eyes, think back to your days of Winnie the Pooh. If you recall the character of Piglet. Yeah. The house oh, he, yeah. The house I think I identified at. with him most, actually. You know what? I could probably see that a little bit. I can see that a little bit. But uh, Piglet, at his house, he had a sign by it that said, Trespassers will. And yeah. I, it was obviously a broken sign that, uh, you know, the implication being trespassers will be shot. Okay. Uh, however, okay. Piglet explained it to say that it was it, the house was named for his grandfather uh, when that was his name, Trespassers will. Okay. And he had two different names. And, uh, you know, one was... Uh, Will, which was short for William. So Trespassers William was his yeah, name. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. So he, he depicted things like that in kind of this, uh, the way the world has been lived in in an adult fashion. However, with this childhood look at how they might interpret the world, uh, which was really, really great. And the nods and the winks that he gave throughout his writing was, was great. In fact, you know, the characters from Winnie the Pooh from the Hundred Acre World, Wood are all based off of his child, Christopher. Uh, and, and his childhood toys. And so Christopher was his real child. And then he had, you know, the, the toys that he was most fond of that kind of made up the universe that became what Winnie the Pooh. Pretty much verbatim, man. All yeah. of, all of the characters, you know, Tigger, uh, Piglet, uh, Kanga and Rue, these basically almost every single one of the characters from the Hundred Acre Wood were actually toys that his child, uh, uh, Christopher played with. Uh, and even Winnie the Pooh. Now, Winnie the Pooh is kind of interesting because Winnie the Pooh was a bear. Right. And when purchased, it was an Edward bear. Like the bear's name was Edward. But kind really? Of in, kind of in the sense that like, okay. um, okay. Uh, not how to, I'll compare it to Mickey Mouse and I'll actually tie it back in. Okay. But, but if you were to like buy a Mickey Mouse doll, and then your child renames it something else. Okay. So okay. like they bought an Edward bear. Yeah. But then they named it Winnie. Okay. Of course, Winnie was actually a real bear. In fact, the I name was okay. inspired by a uh, Canadian black bear that was actually owned by the local zoo. You know, I had heard that before. Yeah. That, that actually, and we may have even talked about that on the show before, that the the, the bear was a, a real bear locally there from Canada, but they, they named it Winnie. That's right. right. Okay. That's right. Now, a female bear. Maybe after Winnipeg, which city in Canada? Yeah. Oh, man. I think it that's is, right. So definitely named after Winnipeg. So they saw Winnie at the zoo, and, uh, and thus the name inspired the name for the Edward Bear. And so the bear once named Edward right. became Winnie. Yeah. Uh, and Winnie the Bear, Winnie the Pooh Bear, was the inspiration for, of course, the fictional character. Mm -hmm. uh, now, not all of the characters were actually based off of Christopher's toys. Uh, specifically, the characters of Rabbit and Owl were okay. both actually... Um, they were based on a rabbit and an owl. Well, I mean, yeah, right. obviously. But but those were not characters that were based off of toys, nor was the later uh, character added of Gopher. Do you okay. remember Gopher? I, you know, I actually don't remember Gopher. Okay, there's that classic. There's that classic story of when Winnie the Pooh goes to Rabbit's house and he eats too much honey. Okay, 
and uh, he's trying to get out of the hole, but he can't fit anymore because he's gotten so fat from eating all the honey. <laughs> I think I remember that. Yeah, yeah. So then the gopher, gopher kind of pops up out of nowhere. He's got a little bit of a list. Yeah, for because he's teeth and everything. Okay, okay. And uh, and so he's trying to figure <laughs> out like basically he's he's getting like this work commissioned for him to go and do this job in order to to dig out poo. But anyway. The character of Gopher was actually added in by the Walt Disney Company once okay. they acquired the rights to the character. Okay, uh, which, is, which was much lighter, right? Oh yeah, yeah, is yeah. That, yeah. So, so the 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 family actually uh, sold the rights, and at first they were getting royalties, and then later um, the Disney Company bought it for millions of dollars. Because like, we we think of Winnie the Pooh as like a a Disney thing. I mean, we're this side of you know the twenty first century, absolutely. so we think of it as a Disney thing. But you know. It, it was a, these were short stories. These are, these are stories written for kids that, you know, Milne passed away. Uh, his widow, if I'm correct, uh, actually sold the rights, uh, to someone who then sold them again. But eventually they wound up in, in Disney. Uh, and, and Disney, of course, made these incredible, timeless, uh, you know, things that we, we remember and grew up with now. Yeah. Interestingly enough, when Disney started first producing the, uh, films, there was a little bit of flack. Uh, but from some of like the hardcore Winnie the Pooh fans, mm-hmm. they felt the spirit of the bear hadn't fully been like carried on. Yeah, you almost have to think uh, like maybe similar to some of the stuff that's happened with Sherlock Holmes. That's like, exactly what right? comes to mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Very similar there. But, uh, but yeah, one way or the other, absolutely. Disney has, has turned Winnie the Pooh into a gold mine. This I find fascinating. They actually make just as much money off of Winnie the Pooh as a franchise and the merchandise and everything else that goes around it as they do with Mickey Mouse. There's no way. No, that is absolutely true. Like, I, yeah, I don't, it, that, that's hard to believe. I mean, you think about how long Winnie the Pooh's been around and I guess, you know, his appeal is so universal, but that's, that's amazing. And, and all the, you know, all the, uh, you know, merchandising that goes along with that, not just selling, uh, you know, DVDs or anything like that, but you've got all these characters. I, I mean, I guess it just goes on and on. It's, it's crazy, man. Some fun facts too I want to mention yeah. is that, um, they, the characters, uh, of, from the Hundred Acre Wood and, and, you know, Winnie the Pooh, Piglet, Eeyore, they all first appeared on television on NBC in the form of these little puppets. Okay. And it's actually, if you can find images of this online, it's really interesting. Uh, they all look pretty similar to their original, uh, artistic rendering, except Eeyore in particular <laughs> has like this neon blue mohawk. Oh, really? Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think they were going for like a blue motif because he's- Yeah, sure. Eeyore and he's always sad. Yeah. You know. <laughs> and so, you know, blue goes along with that. But if you look at it, he looks like a rock star. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not quite- That's trans- pretty awesome. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't relate a lot. It's funny, uh, just talking about Eeyore, we've got a customer here at the, at the Country Squire. Uh, it's been coming in for about- about 35 years. His name is uh, Dr. Ramel Benjamin. He was a uh, esteemed professor of sociology here at Jackson State, uh, one of our local colleges. And uh, and and it was funny when I started working here. Uh, it, he would always come in. He comes in about three times a week to buy cigars. And uh, it, when I started working here, Mrs. Reeves, who founded the shop, uh, was here obviously, and and she would interact with Dr. Benjamin, and 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 she was one of the most optimistic people I've ever met in my life. <laughs> And he is, uh, to this day, one of the most uh, pessimistic people I've ever, <laughs> ever met in my life. And so she would always call him Eeyore. And that was kind of this thing. It was like, and, and he wore it as a badge of honor. He wears it as a badge of honor. Yeah. He's like, well, I mean, just, you know, I'm never, I'm never upset with, uh, you know, the, the, the negativity in life because I, I'm, I always take the negative side. And I'm like, well, <laughs> well, that's all. It, it was just so funny. Miss Gwen would always take this really, uh, 
you know, hard line with him, just like, you need to try to think more positively. But, uh, you know, he's still here. So there you go. Yeah. It's <laughs> Dr. Benjamin Eeyore. Well, uh, somebody who takes things uh, or took things a bit negatively is actually uh, the the inspiration for Christopher Robin, which is Christopher Milne. And, uh, you know, he said of his father, this is actually a quote. He said um, he was upset by his father's success because he felt that he was climbing on my infant shoulders, uh, that he had filched from me my good name and left me nothing but empty fame. Wow. Yes. Wow. That's so, amazing. And this yeah. is, you know, it, this comes yeah. from the fact he was growing up and as he was growing up, people would like quote the book to him and he felt like they were kind of picking on him and that sort of thing. Golly, and, think about being a child star, you know, in a modern day sitcom or something growing up with that. But, but even worse, because that wasn't really even you. I mean, it was maybe stories about you, but uh, yeah, that's difficult. Yeah, I guess, I'm man. Gonna... I don't know if, if my parents had written a book, the, uh, the, the Winnie the Pooh series based off of me and my toys. And, uh, I'd kind of be honored, honestly. Hey, but I bet when he inherited the rights to that, it was okay. <laughs> right. Right. It all, it all which, came which back. Which I hear that uh, actually one of the last things I read on this was that the the copyright to Winnie the Pooh runs out in 2026. Uh, and and that's that's ten years. That's ten years. I, and I, you know, in my mind, I'm like, who determines these things? Like, who? What? What judge is sitting there being like, Winnie the Pooh is free trade at 2026? But like. Does that mean at that point we can make a Winnie the Pooh blend and like not have to look over our shoulder? Oh man, you could do like a honey blend. I you do a honey blend or a. You could probably a, do like a Milne blend or something of that nature. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but well, so right, so here's the thing. You, you mentioned the copyright. It's an interesting thing. There's a yeah. whole uh, the whole legal team over at Disney is very much on top of that because most of the characters they have are the longest, like the oldest characters in the history of the country. And so they're very protective of those characters. And so when things start getting close to public domain, that's interesting. That's when the lawyers show up and start pushing <laughs> things further and further. Yeah. Back. Yeah. So my guess is that even though the copyright is not up till uh, uh, 2026, right. Maybe push back a couple more decades. As we get closer. <laughs> Just a hunch. Rabbit attorneys uh, protecting the, the, um, the legacy of Winnie the Pooh. Look, I'm sure that our, our good friend uh, Brian Levine has uh, has got some some great thoughts to share on that as well as mm-hmm. a, a Disney aficionado, mm-hmm. um, and and probably knows a lot more about the uh, uh, about the copyrights that surround a lot of their characters from that end. But that that's AA Milne. It was good. Yeah, it's always interesting to dig into the fact. You know the the. Um, I'm struggling tonight with my vocabulary. I apologize. That's like uh, you're struggling with your vocabulary. It still like, puts you eons above the average individual, namely myself. No, <laughs> the average individual named Bo. No, not at all. Um, no, no, it's uh, it, it's always interesting to delve into the uh, you know, lives of uh, pipe smokers that we all know and love, but uh, you know, don't necessarily think a lot about the you know intricacies of their uh, story or, you know, kind of what they're involved in professionally or their personal life or any of that stuff. It's, uh, even, you know, with Milne, uh, there's not a lot to be said about his love of what type of tobacco or what type of pipe. Uh, we do know he made fun of, uh, of Dunhill smokers, which, which might make you to believe he was a Sheraton guy. You just don't know. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. You, you could write, you could put a whole like backstory on that kind of thing. But, <laughs> right. uh, but regardless, you know, he, we know he's a pipe smoker and, uh, we know he, uh, certainly his pipe smoking rhythm was, uh, not just for show, but a big part of his daily experience. That's and so, uh, you know, it's fun just to see, uh, you know, what he was able to produce in light of that. You know, I think that's fine, though. I mean, not every single pipe uh, smoker from history is going to have, 
you know, that, that kind of level of always associate on their deathbed. Remember, tell them I always smoked three nuns and this exact shape. Pipe. You know what I mean? Like not everybody's going to have that. Are you sure C.S. Lewis didn't say that? I, I, th- I think he may have said that. <laughs> and and was inscribe that, was that it on it? the back of the wardrobe. Is that the end of screw tape letter? I, right. think, I think it was in there somewhere. It was somewhere in there. <laughs> but I mean, like, think about it right now. There's over, gosh, there's hundreds and hundreds of hours of you and me discussing specifically pipes and pipe tobacco. I define somebody to talk of us as if they know they could talk about you because you've got your Bing's favorite but talk about me you have no idea like they would say like well he smoked a lot of stuff we can't really say what he normally smoked and he had a lot of pipes don't really know which one we would necessarily say is his favorite you know it's really is funny I'm just I'm just now I guess I've never really thought of it Bo but kind of a, a existential experience here uh-huh. like I like like this can never be deleted from the internet like like we you and I have like hundreds of hours of content over two years worth of us, you know, coming on here and bantering about things we love, pipe tobacco, pipes and uh, culture and all these other things. And like, man, my kids are going to hear this one day. I better clean it up. My, my, <laughs> <laughs> my kids heard it in the other room back when we were starting They did. Out. They like, I mean, you, you, you're, they, they request Uncle JD now. That's right. And it's, it's kind of terrifying. Where's John David? Where's, Where's John, John David? David? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you where John David is. He's right here. Wishing that he could be smoking a Missouri Meerschaum pipe. I sure do, man. Especially that diplomat corn cob from our friends at Missouri Meerschaum. Dude, the, the uh, diplomat corn cob, the apple shape specifically, that mm-hmm. is the pipe that is uh, bringing you this wonderful episode right now. We want to thank them for sponsoring this episode, but let's talk to you a little bit about the diplomat pipe. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things I like about Missouri Meerschaum is that you've got, you know, they, they'll take these different styles and these different shapes, and then they'll also make it so that if you prefer a straight pipe or a bent pipe, doesn't matter. As long as you like the bowl, you can kind of custom find exactly what fits your needs. It's kind of plug and play. The yep. Diplomat Apple is one that I really like because I'm, I'm kind of a sucker for the apple shape in yeah. particular. Yeah. We've got several folks at the shop that constantly request an apple pipe. It's it, For some reason, it's just one of those, you know, hardcore, you know, if you're sold out to it, you're sold out to it. And the Diplomat is perfect for those people if they're looking for a pipe at a reasonable price uh, that's going to smoke great. Yeah, no, it's great pipe. Check it out, Missouri Meerschaum. We also want to encourage you, if you happen to have one of their Diplomat Series pipes, go ahead and take a picture of yourself, tweet that into us, we'll retweet it out. Uh, we really love it whenever y'all do that. We really love Missouri Meerschaum for helping us bring the show to you, and we love you guys for helping them. And it all goes around like that. <laughs> <laughs> for the helping them help us. Thank you very much. <laughs> if you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Pipe Question of the Week. Pipe Question of the Week. Pipe Question of the Week is brought to us by Orlick Dark Strong Kentucky. Man, that stuff is so good. We were talking about it earlier. You open the the tin on that, and there's that, uh, you know, just incredible aroma that comes out. And I think you had some trivia on that, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, man, a little tobacco trivia. That that aroma that you're picking up is actually specifically brown sugar. Yeah, Dark Strong Kentucky, you think, you, you look at it, and the Dark Strong Kentucky from Orlick, it, it kind of it kind of favors bacon, and then you smell this uh, brown sugar, and it's almost like this, uh, you know, mm. cured sugar <laughs> bacon that, like, you'd get at Thanksgiving or something. And, uh, of course, after you smoke it and taste it, it's just, uh, just, just delicious. You so, have uh, bacon at Thanksgiving? I, dude, bacon is appropriate at any time. So is Orlick Dark Strong. <laughs> so like is Orlick Dark Strong Kentucky. That's exactly right. That's right. So check it out. And hey, by the way, if you are smoking it, let us know. Hashtag DSK. Actually, I probably shouldn't say that. Is that I a thing? Well, I don't know. See, that's the that thing. might be a thing for something else. You might, you got to double check your hashtags. <laughs> So be careful with it. But that. hashtag Dark Strong Kentucky. We know that's safe. We know that's safe. We know, and 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 like like all the products from our friends at Orlick, we uh, definitely believe in them. And if you're looking for something that uh, has the Orlick quality, but you know is uh, a little stronger, got that robust kind of smoky uh, Kentucky fire cured taste to it, this is definitely the tobacco for you. All right, man. Pipe question written in from Dale D on mm-hmm. Facebook. Uh, it says, "Is there any way to estimate the moisture content of pipe tobacco?" Uh, I've heard of the pinch test, where you pinch a bit. Uh, between your thumb and your forefinger. And if it holds together, it's too moist. If it falls apart immediately, it's too wet. But if it sticks a little, then comes apart, it's just right. All right. So really good question here. Yeah. How do you uh, how do you estimate the moisture of your pipe tobacco? Yeah, well, a great question. And, and you know, I've heard a lot of different schools of thought on this. I mean, honestly, I think Dale's uh, description of you know what you do there to figure out if the a moisture is appropriate uh, is is a good one. Uh, you know you when when you come in contact with pipe tobacco and you know if if it if it has the consistency of sawdust when you rub it between your Ooh. fingers, like you, you know something's up, uh-huh. right? I mean, there's no surefire way to do this. It's kind of the same uh, principle to packing and tamping a pipe. A lot of folks are like, well, you have to do it. Uh, with this many pinches and this and this <laughs> pressure, and then you pull out your caliper to make sure the width is right, and then you do it again. Like no, like you, you just you get it. You get your own system, you know. So so everyone gets their own system with the moisture content as well. And uh, some people actually prefer their tobacco a little drier, uh, which is interesting. So Hi, that um, sounds crazy. To it, me. It's that sense of um, that sense of you know when you pick it up though, and it kind of falls apart and you can hear it clink as it hits the table again <laughs> you know you know it's probably a little too dry but uh, I, I like that concept of uh you know mashing it together it sticks for just a minute and then and then falls apart some i think that's probably good uh the only thing about this again is that everyone has their own uh you know appropriate consistency for pipe tobacco some people uh like pipe tobacco to be a little more wet uh some people like certain kinds of tobacco to be wet. Uh, for instance, you mm. might like an aromatic to be more on the moist side, uh, but then you might like a Virginia tobacco to be on the drier side and, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, you know, I, I think there's a balance there, but uh, you honestly, again, with like so much with the pipe world, you, you have to find your own equilibrium and just stick with it. So uh, for me, I'm one of those people that 
uh, you know, prefers a, a tobacco that tends to be a little on the drier side, but not bone dry like some of those. Uh, you know, some moisture content is nice, but, um, you know, as far as figuring out a, a proper moisture level and then assessing that, um, you know, when you, when I touch a tobacco, I, I don't want to, um, I don't want my hands to necessarily come away, uh, with any kind of residue on it. Uh, and so, you know, unless you're just smoking a really, a really cased aromatic See, I was about tobacco. To say, there's some out there that that's going to happen no matter Yeah, what. and it is. Like we, you know, our, our, uh, some of our best selling tobaccos here at the shop, like Old Toby or Treasure Island or Saratoga, uh, you know, it's got that consistency where, you know, it's the, the casing is so generous on it. And that's what makes it such a good tobacco mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that, that it is going to have that. But, um, you know, generally on a lot of tobaccos, particularly those that are unaromatic, you, you don't want something that's really going to stick with you. Uh, you want something that, uh, you know, gives the impression that, uh, it's, it's fresh, but not, uh, not goopy or syrupy. Um, think about when you open a tin of full Virginia flake from Sam Gaywith, or, or for that matter, any, any tin from Sam Gaywith. And, and this goes true as well for some tins from Mac Barron, um, and, and, and other companies as well. But you, you, you have the, there's a, there's a dryness there. There's a moisture there that when you open it, the, the flakes almost, uh, almost push back when you when you press them you can huh. really tell there's a there's a there's a thickness there that's due to the uh moisture content kind of like medium rare meat type yeah, deal yeah yeah yeah, yeah okay. i could see yeah i could see that and so uh you can you can tell after you tear a you know flake tobacco apart just if it's going to be too wet to smoke hmm. um and, and again all this you know there's no like nothing i can tell you to say if you see this then it means this but it just comes from uh from experience with me i i'm always going to err on the side of i'd like it a little drier because i can add add more moisture to it later if i need to uh essentially by you know my goofy little trick that i've re- learned from our friend russ uh just just breathing into the bowl some mm-hmm. uh it's always easier though for me to get a drier pipe tobacco lit uh, than a than a more moist one. So, um, but yeah, I th- I think you're I think uh, Dale, your uh you know track on that you know kind of your strategy for that to you know see if it sticks together and then falls apart. I think that's great. Yeah, you know you mentioned um not trying to get the the, the residue on your fingers and um this Saturday somebody came by the shop and uh, and asked me you know what do I smoke and I thought. <laughs> I smoke it all. Like I don't. I don't have like. You a, really do though. Buddy. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I'm, I'm. I'm like, all right. What am, what am I in the mood for? And so I told him I was like, well, and I recommended two tobaccos for him. One, which is Rivendell, which I said, you know, yeah, excellent smoke. Yeah. You know, it's pretty much. It, it will not offend anybody. Almost everybody who smokes it loves loves Rivendell to some extent. Yeah. Uh, and then the other is um is uh, the uh, Treasure Island. Treasure Island. Yeah. As I said, you know that that is yeah. the one thing I was just thinking about fishing. I was like, whenever I go fishing, I always get Treasure Island. I probably shouldn't though. Because what ends up happening with Treasure Island is it does end up being, for my money anyway, has been kind of a, a wetter tobacco because of just, it is very flavored. <laughs> it, it, it's it's very heavily cased. That's yeah. right. Rivendell is one of those tobaccos. And, and of course, there's other tobaccos on the market much like it. Uh, take, for instance, uh, Nutty Cut from uh, our friends at Peterson. But, you know, these are tobaccos that are, are well done because... The casing is is certainly present, but it's so um, it's so muted that it smokes clean. You still mm-hmm. feel comfortable mm-hmm. putting it in almost any pipe. You know, there's uh, the McClelland aromatics are much like that too. Uh, you know, you just you feel comfortable putting them in any pipe. So, um, you know, if you are averse to those really really moist tobaccos, uh, you know, you might want to steer clear of those. 
and, and, and go to something that, you know, is still aromatic, but has a nice casing on it, yeah. uh, that, you know, leaves you with the flavor. I, I just tend to shy away from tobaccos that, uh, leave the residue on my hands, but yet, some of the best selling tobaccos out there are those that do have that generous casing and, and that makes them that makes them so you know what they are and they're so good. He did walk out with a couple of uh, pounds of of uh, Treasure Island. Treasure Island. Yeah. Yes. Good. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that made the day. Good. I I'm I'm all for that. The all heavier right. the casing, the better. Great question, Dale D. <laughs> uh we appreciate it. Hey, if you got a pipe question of the week, send it in. You can Facebook, tweet us, or you can send it in CSR at Pottery dot com. Quick fire with the squire. All right, man, quick five questions. Bring the heat. This actually comes in from Steve Bentham. And Steve, uh, he's from Madison, Wisconsin. He's actually sent in a couple of weeks worth. And he's, he's got them all tiered out based on uh, uh, in, in kind of a, a theme mm-hmm. type deal, as, okay. as people like to do. Okay. So the, the first one for today is going to be a camping theme. Camping. Okay, something I'm so familiar with. I'm more familiar with it than uh, Mega Man. Camping theme. <laughs> Camper or Tent. Uh, tent. Gotta go tent. Yeah, I mean, I, there, there's a time and a place for a camper, and it's, uh, when you're tailgating at a football game. Oh, okay, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, but like a, you know, if you're camping, you, you wanna, you wanna tent. I feel towards campers as you feel towards, like, budget hotel rooms. Which is like, where, what do you, where do you, where is this going? Well, <laughs> you and I, we've, we've traveled from time to time. Yeah. And I remember you saying once that, like, when you're in a hotel, like everything just feels kind of slightly not right. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like everything's kind of built there for your comfort and yet you don't quite feel comfortable. No, that's right. I kind of feel like that way with, uh, with I stand campers. By that. It's yeah. like everything about the camper is kind of built for your convenience <laughs> and for you to be comfortable, but it's just not Oh, look quite at that. There. Look at that stove. It's so cute. It's made for a troll. Right. <laughs> no, I mean it's it's great. Not right. not not judging campers. I just uh, you know, if yeah, I'm out no, in the woods, I'll great. be out in the woods. If I'm in a house, I'll be in a house. Yeah. That's, okay. That's my okay. All right. Tent, uh, tent people we are. S'mores or pudgy pies? I do not know what a pudgy pie is. Okay. I don't know what a pudgy pie is either, but if it I'm thinking moon pie. See, I don't know when I, well, okay, if he's comparing it to s'mores, that means it's probably a pudgy pie must be some kind of uh, dessert type thing. When I think of pudgy pie, I think like maybe it's like a, uh, like a pot pie kind of thing. And if it's, if it were like a pot pie, then I'd have to go with that. But if it's a dessert kind of thing, I'm, I'm skeptical. What, what are you getting on, on our friends at uh, Google here? It looks like this is, this, so apparently this is a thing. I guess it's like a sandwich type deal. It looks like a piece of bark. <laughs> you know what, Bo? S'mores. S'mores. I'm going to go with s'mores. S'mores. Hey, who can beat a graham cracker, milk chocolate, and a giant marshmallow? Man. Plus, I think Pudgy Pie must be regional, and we're not in the region for it. Yeah. Fishing or hiking? Oh, hiking. Fishing all the way, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you can do that. That's fine. I don't, you know, I, I'm I'm such a uh, eco-friendly person. I don't like to uh, kill fish. That is not true. That's horse crap. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've, I've seen I've seen you kill a cat. Well, no, I shouldn't. No, that's not true. That's not true. That didn't happen. Uh, I have heard stories. I've never killed a cat. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying. I'm My roommate stories. may have uh, maced one one time uh, to try to get it out of our garden. We but just lost all of our cat listeners. I'm, I'm just saying, and, and I didn't even do that. <laughs> uh, but but anyway, uh, no, I you know I I have to go with uh, I have to go with hiking. All right, uh, definitely fishing. Campfire songs or campfire storytelling? That's a good question. Hmm. I think I got to go with storytelling mm. because when do you when do you actually tell stories? Like mm. 
like there's not like we sing songs occasionally. There are different opportunities to sing songs, but like like when do we actually have an opportunity to tell a story? You know what I mean? Like that happens at a place like the Country Squire because we're a pipe shop and that's what people do. And but you like, mini and you have right a mini there. campfire in your hand at, at any given point in time. But like, man, we're we're not we're not people that tell stories anymore. And like when you when you set up a campfire, like I don't know, that seems like an appropriate place to like bust out a really good story, whether it's true or not. Man, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I'm gonna go with story. I was gonna say song, but you've convinced me. I'm gonna go story all I the way. I converted you. Well done. Uh, and then finally, campground with a group or wilderness with a buddy. Wilderness with a buddy. There's that sense of like kind of being scared and on the edge, you know, like maybe we'll get lost. Yeah. And maybe they'll never find us until they find that bear that has us in its belly. <laughs> that eat us, that eat us. <laughs> um, can it be like a wildernessy campground type deal? Like, I don't want to just like out, like out in the open or anything like that, but I don't know. I don't want to be eaten by a bear. No, that's fair. Uh, a wildernessy campground type deal. That's what Bo picked. That's what I picked. <laughs> How about that for riding the fence? Well done. All right. Excellent. Uh, quick fire questions. And, uh, yeah, man, we're going to be covered for the next uh, two or three weeks here with these. So, uh, that's awesome. That's hey, great. That doesn't mean don't send them in. Send them in CSR at potestery.com. Your thoughts, your comments, listener feedback. Listener feedback this week. We've got uh, some great listener feedback. Got a YouTube comment specifically in relation to last week's episode on cherry tobacco. You want yeah. to take that one? Yeah, absolutely. This comes from Ralph Burns on YouTube, and he says, I'm a big fan of Peter Stokeby Cherry Bonbon. I found that it does not bite, and it has two tastes. The first taste is a deep, rich flavor of cherry, and later on, a delicious chocolate flavor sets in all the way to the bottom. Uh, this is my go-to night blend after a rich dinner, much like dessert. Yum, yum. Thanks so much, Ralph. That uh, that actually sounds really great. <laughs> ah, that is awesome. <laughs> yeah, I've checked that out. By the way, Portland Paul on Twitter tweets in, says that we should do bacon and tobacco pairings. Yes. Wait, is there... Does bacon pair poorly with anything? I, I mean, that's just all the bacon. Yeah. All the Like, what, what, what uh, oh yeah. And I guess just... you'd have, I mean, you'd have different types of bacon that you could pair with different types of things. You've got like, you know, the bacon that's cooked real crispy and the bacon that's so the style in which more it is chewy. Cooked. You could have the sugar cured bacon, the bacon that looks like dark, strong Kentucky. Bacon wrap bacon. Bacon wrap bacon. Mm. We also got one in from Pastor Pipes. Who I'm really says, hungry. <laughs> I know. Now am I. I gotta, I, we got we to gotta finish this thing up so I can get some food. <laughs> Pastor Pipes uh, writes in and says, Okay, Bo, I triple dog dare you not to bring up Star Wars for just one episode. Can you do it? That's what I thought. Great show. As always. Peace. Good job for bringing up Star Wars, Bo, by reading that. I mean, I was about to say, <laughs> joke's on you, Pastor Pipes. You're the one that brought it up this episode, so there you go. I guess I did reference the Binks blood earlier on, but that was that was a callback. Oh, you did. That was a callback. Nah, it still counts, though, dude. Binks blood is a, I, it's a Country Square radio thing, not it, not a Star Wars thing. I, I, yeah, okay. It's part of I, the lore of the show. I, I triple dog dare you to not, not say anything about it. The thing is, as soon as you didn't, I would. <laughs> How much you want to bet? Next episode. Are you about not... to mute this so that people don't no, know no, how much no, we're no. betting? I was, I was adjusting the. Uh, <laughs> I was adjusting your levels. Uh, no, I'm not going to bet because you actually might do it. No, I. I You're could crafty do it. like that. I could do it. You're crafty like that. <laughs> <laughs> I like, oh, I like, won't think you can do something. And then you're like, oh, look at Bo. <laughs> People think it. that about me all the time. Yeah, man. Uh, and then finally, we had a great iTunes review. You want to read that one from us? Yeah, from uh, 
is it uh, BB? That's the one. Okay. Uh, yeah, this one from iTunes, BB and BC. He says, outstanding. I'm a new pipe smoker and ran across this podcast. Uh, the two hosts have the two hosts have a great chemistry and a love for the pipe and tobacco. The show itself is full of great information of said topic and most importantly is very well produced. Hey, look at that, Bo. Uh, the sound quality is outstanding and the podcaster must, and as a podcaster myself, I really appreciate that. Uh, keep those episodes coming, fellas. Uh, thank you so much, BB and BC. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Look, that, that feedback is great. You know, when we uh, switched to the, 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 you know, doing things inside the shop instead of not inside the studio, I've been uh, nervous about that. So getting that kind of feedback that y'all are enjoying the show, that it's still living up to the quality that, that man, that just means a lot to What's me. What's kind so. of your main concern about that? You know, we, we were, we were, you know, um, dead set on having a podcast that sounded really well done professionally. Mm. And we didn't want to sacrifice that coming uh, offsite out of Pottery Studios and into the Squire. And I uh, mean, it's been a blessing being here. We can, uh, you know, interact with the shop and uh, with the products and tobaccos and, uh, you know, just in ways that we haven't been able to. But, uh, man, hats off to you for uh, keeping the quality well, so thanks, great. It's, yeah. uh, it's been good. And, you know, the great thing is you can actually enjoy it. Uh, as we do record it, and that's, that's right. by tuning in live. Uh, we do broadcast live every single Monday night. Uh, this uh, this evening we uh, entered into some some situation that we kind of entered into last week with the <laughs> mute button. But uh, typically speaking, oh that mute button per capita. We, we, you could generally tune in and hear everything perfectly fine. Right. And of course, uh, that is by tuning in here at six uh, thirty Central Time, four thirty Pacific. 7.30 Eastern. Uh, that is when you can tune in on Monday nights. Please join us and uh, engage with us. We love getting these uh, tweets in from the live listeners who can also help us with wonderful uh, tech troubleshooting when that occurs. <laughs> uh, you can, of course, tweet into the show at Squire Radio. You can follow us throughout the week. You can follow me at the real Bo York. I'm at John David Cole, or you can get us at the shop at at underscore Country Squire. And links to all of that good stuff, including links to the shop, links to our sponsors, links to our Facebook page, all of that can be found at Country Squire Radio. Com. All right, man. Dude, this was fun. We talked about A.A. Mill. We talked about Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, International man. Pipe Smoking Day. I had a, I had a really good evening. It's a full day. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I think I'm going to celebrate this by... Um, I, I'm smoking Green Dragon, by the way, in my uh, Dunhill here. Uh, and uh, it's very good. That's good, man. It's very good. So <laughs> I, I'm going to go home and uh, smoke Green Dragon, which is a pipe tobacco and not anything else. Hey, you're the one that named it. I did. <laughs> it's really awful. You got no one to blame for that one, but you I think I'm going to uh, turn this uh, International Pipe Smoking Day into a week and uh, go home and enjoy this again. Hey, that sounds like a plan, man. Well, hey, let's go have a night. See you, brother. You've been listening to Country Squire Radio, a member of the Pottery Network. For more information on this and other shows, please visit Pottery.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.